0: I want you to open those to Proverbs chapter 29, and while you're in Proverbs 29, I want you to mark Matthew chapter 28. We're only preaching out of the 20th chapters of books of the Bible this morning. We have been in a series uh, over the last seven weeks that will wrap up next week called Straight Out of Context, uh, where we talk through uh, commonly misunderstood, misapplied, misread, mispresented Bible passages. And as we have taken these steps through these passages, I found it really interesting the number of conversations that have that I've been able to have with our church members, the number of uh, conversations that I've been able to have on social media, uh, we like that theme, or I listened to that sermon, or I didn't know that that's not what that meant. This has been a regular occurrence. I've also been able to talk to some life group leaders. And those life group leaders have let me know that conversations about these passages have been really helpful when their group meets on on Sunday nights or Tuesday nights or Thursday nights. So all of those things to be said, we understand that the Bible is showing us where we should go and, and how we should best see Jesus in these passages. Our passage for today that is a commonly misunderstood Bible passage is uh, from Proverbs 29 verse 18. And in the King James English, King Jimmy if you will, it reads, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Our sermon title is A Vindication of Vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish pastors like to make the joke that the other side of the verse is this. Side one, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is a vision, the people complain. The thing that we see, the thing that we hear when we read the word vision, it varies depending upon the hearer. It also is dependent upon who's communicating the vision. When I started at Grace a little over a year ago, there were numerous questions that that I was asked that had kind of stayed with me. Uh, One of those is, do you always talk with an accent? No. Sometimes I just let it go. Uh. So I guess you like cheeseburgers. That's a popular one. And what is your vision? Every pastor ever... Is asked this question. What is your vision? And we get the idea of that from this text, from the Proverbs, a general truth communicated in a pithy way that is short so that we can remember it. I would like to know your vision. And what's being said by people when they ask that question is, based upon what you're about to tell me, I'm going to make a decision as to whether I should stay or go. Whenever we talk about vision, we also see some other things. When the Bible talks about it, it's a little different. It's not about should you come or should you go. When the Bible talks about vision, here are some elements that we find. Uh, We see that in the Bible, in the Old Testament, we see that the visions given from the Lord are for the sake of reassurance. Some examples of those are Abraham and Jacob. God shows them a vision. And uh, we also see in Job and many of the minor prophets that when a vision from the Lord comes, that there is a pending judgment. We see vision in the New Testament that gives us instruction. Paul has a vision of the Lord. Ananias gets a vision from the Lord to go to Paul. We also see visions of the apocalypse. We see those in the book of Daniel. We see those in the book of Revelation. Visions from the Lord. So when I'm asked as to what my vision for the church is... We are typically not talking about, check. could you share with us God's pending judgment upon us as a people? If that's what you mean, then thankfully I don't have an answer. Is God going to drop the hammer on 1027 Dixie Drive? I hope not because we just finished the sanctuary and I want it to stay together. Another question that that I have to point or what I have to point out is when we talk about vision, we've got to be very careful because honestly, it would be really disconcerting to me if I were having dreams about dragons eating people. That typically isn't from the Lord, it's from eating at all-star pizza too much during the week. (laughs) What's your plan for our church? Where do I hear it? Where do I get it? Here's some other translations of that verse. King James says, where there is no vision, the people perish. It actually says, but, the, but he that keeps the law, happy is he. King James doesn't actually say keeps, he says keepeth. ESV, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off Restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. The New International Version reads, Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds the instruction of wisdom. The New Living Translation reads this, When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. The message and fortune cookies read this, If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are the most blessed. Where the Word of the Lord is, the people don't go bonkers. What is your vision? Here's the thing, those visions that I pointed out earlier are visions that were placed strategically, intentionally in the Word But we as a church don't get to have a vision that would go into the Word. That would mean that the words that I say and the things that Jared says are to be canonized. The Word of the Lord and what we say here does not go in the Word. It actually comes from the Word. And when I'm asked the question as to what is the vision of our church, it's pretty simple. It's not something that is from me. I don't get to decide the plan for this church or for any other church because that plan for the church the word of the lord made known to us that has fully been revealed to us has already given a plan where there is no vision the people perish where there is vision the people of the lord are they find joy and delight And God's vision for those of us who would choose to be obedient to Him and walk in faith because of what Christ has done for us in Jesus is not something that I will have a dream about. It's something that Jesus has stated clearly. The vision for this church is the vision for any Bible-believing church that you would go... God's vision and mission for Grace Bible and God's mission and vision for the church as a whole is for us to be a disciple-making people. For us to choose to lean in, to pour in, to care for, to intentionally invest in those around us for the sake of the kingdom coming and God's will being done. When we look at this text, we are given God's direction for us. When we look at it alongside of other texts that pour into this very idea, God's direction for me and for you is very clear. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but Jesus has given us that vision. Matthew chapter 28, we see this. In Jesus, God's vision and mission for the church is, first thing that we see, it is completely displayed. The mission and vision for this church, for every church who trusts in Christ crucified and resurrected, it is fully on display in Jesus. The Bible reveals to us Jesus. The scriptures take us to Jesus. The hope of God for us is that we would see and know Jesus. Because seeing and knowing an ethereal concept of God does not save, it simply damns. God wants his people to place their faith in Jesus, to trust in Jesus, because everything that God would do, he has done for us in Jesus. We see this text. We look at it alongside of what Colossians chapter 1 says to us. That Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. All authority has been given to Jesus as the firstborn. Because in the family of a Jewish man like Paul. And a Jewish man like Jesus. The oldest son holds the authority of the father. Jesus holding the authority of God himself. Those of us who have experienced the resurrection of Jesus. Are charged with the task to display that Christ... Already has done all that needs to be done for salvation, for shaping, for sending. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. In Jesus, God's mission is, God's mission and vision are fully and completely on display. We also see this, that in Jesus, God's vision and mission for the church have been clearly defined. When we are asked, what is the goal? The goal of our church, as is the goal of any church that would lean into Christ, is that we would make disciples. And if we are choosing for anything other than disciple making to be our goal, then we have chosen poorly. Because God's design for you and for me is to be someone who makes disciples. There are no caveats here. This does not say for the men who go to work, you make disciples. For the ladies who stay home, you do you, boo. This passage does not say to us, men, you go earn for your family and your wives while they're at home, they will make sure that they make little disciples in your homes. This does not say that the pastor who stands in the pulpit should be the disciple maker and everyone else is the disciple. This passage does not say to us that those of us who are, for whatever reason, more drawn to making worship services happen would be the ones who make and facilitate disciple making while everyone else comes and attends and stares at us. When Jesus gives his great commission, not a good one, not an okay one, not an alright one, a great commission directed from God, what Jesus says is those who would follow after him, who would stand in awe of Jesus because of what the resurrection means, you are to be people who make disciples. Well, who are we to make disciples of? Who are these Various people that we as a church should be caring for and loving in a way that disciples would be replicated. Well, are those disciples our children? Well, yeah. That's who you spend the most time with. So make disciples of them. Invest in them, care for them, love them, pour into them. Make sure that you are inserting the truth of Jesus into them so that when the day comes where they are to make a decision that they would say, yes, I follow Jesus because I believe that Jesus is Lord. But it's not just your children. When this text reads that we would go make disciples of all nations, for us to limit this at the front door of our home because we have a primary discipleship situation is to limit what God has called us to. We are to make disciples beyond our homes. Who else are we to make disciples of? Your friends? Are you pouring your life into those who are around you who are far from Jesus so that they would know and love Jesus? Are you intentionally seeking to converse with those who know Jesus so that they would love Jesus more and they would potentially pour into others for the sake of Jesus? Modern followers of Jesus are to help people follow the way that Christ has set before us because he is the person who holds all authority. So when Jesus says all authority, as we looked at earlier, in heaven and on earth has been given to me, that means that the direction that God gives you is not one that we get to second guess or the end goal of that is not one that we get to short sight. Make disciples of all nations. So, so your friends, what about your neighbors? Because I know your neighbors aren't your friends. Yes. Finding common ground for the sake of this Christ-centered purpose. Co-workers? Have you worked with people? Do I not just go to work? Do I not just get to go to work and and clock in and clock out? Or if I am on on salary, do I not just get to go to work and, and be there and then leave? Well, not if we're going to be people who tip our hat to the authority of Christ. If we are going to say that we believe that Jesus is Lord, then his lordship extends far beyond our door into the very places that seem to be the most hostile. Your co-workers are the people whom God has sent you to. And and gentlemen, I'll just be honest with you, and ladies too, you, as a friend of mine, like to say, you have badges to go into places that I can never go. You will have interactions with people whom I will never interact with. Have you met anyone when they're around a preacher? It gets strange quick. What do you do? Well, Well, I'm an engineer. Tell me more about that because I don't understand what those words mean. They begin to explain their job. That's fascinating. You make sure that the world doesn't blow up. What about you? What do you do? Well, I'm a pastor. That's cool. I'm going to go check on my kid now. I need to go and make sure that my wife is okay. I saw her standing beside the margaritas. I need to make sure. The version. I need to make sure that I have to wash my hair. There's all of these reasons not to talk to pastors. But you are an empowered people. I don't know what to say. Well, we say what we know. Do we believe that Jesus changed his lives? Because he changed ours. We go. Is this about inviting them to church? We would like that. We've got empty chairs in the room. We would like for the people in your life... To sit beside you in here. And if all that you know. About the gospel of Jesus. Is that if you bring your friends here. They'll hear it. Then bring them. Go with what you know. But if you realize that the Word of God that He's given you, like, this is beautiful that if you, as you grow in your place as a disciple of Jesus, you will know more and more about what to say about that very gospel. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. It's clearly defined. We make disciples of all nations. So it goes beyond your coworker. Much of the world that we live in does not know Jesus. And if we choose to not care about the nations, we have ignored the command of the Savior that we claim disciples at this point. In Acts chapter 1, they still got a vision of, of Israel being restored. They, they're vision people. And they keep asking Jesus about this very vision. Hey, Jesus, when are you going to reestablish Israel? That'd be awesome. Because they've been under persecution and they've been dealing with Rome. And before they were Rome, they dealt with Babylon. And before Babylon, they dealt with Egypt. And they all always had someone who's oppressing them. Hey, Jesus, do you remember David? We would like for things to go back to how they were when David was king. When are you going to make that happen? Because that's been their expectation of Jesus from the very beginning. When he was a man who was just walking on the earth and they had no clue as to resurrection. But even on the other side, when this resurrected king stands in their midst. They're like, hey, you can, Can you just do this? As if a man who comes back from the dead can't do more than that. And Jesus says this to them. Well, this is not for you to know. But this is what you're supposed to know. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And in all of Judea and Samaria... And to the ends of the earth. Jesus in this passage has laid out in a world that was driven and carried by boats and animals. We'll make disciples here, and then we'll make disciples here, and then we'll make disciples here. And then eventually this message will go global. How many of you have ever been to Houston? For those of you whose hands aren't up, you've got to get out more. It's right there. How many of you have ever been to another state? How many of you have ever been to a state that's very far away? How many of you have ever been to another country? How many of you are on a platform where you can interact with someone in another country right now? We are no longer waiting for boats and camels to make sure that the gospel is globally available. We're in the midst of it practically though, there are ways for us to, to lean in, and you can ask some of our our missions team and our elders about the various missions uh, organizations that we partner with we, we've actually got some guys who are going boots on the ground to do missions in these next few weeks. Well we, we have a group who will go to Guatemala in August to work with Living Waters International, six people. And, and if you would, in any way, would like to support that, we would encourage you to do so via your, your resources, your prayer, if it's even more important than that. And I mean that. Like, I know that pastors say that all the time. It's like, we need your money. And if you could pray too, that'd be cool. Your prayers matter in these things. And if you want to walk alongside of these guys, we'll, we'll share more as to who they are. In December, we have a partnership with a church in Denver, Colorado called the Heights Church. And we're going to take a team to Denver in September. Am I right, Jerry, when I say that? I'm not making up that date. Opportunities for us to be Christians who live beyond ourselves because we live in the age of a gospel that is beyond our home. In Jesus, God's vision and mission... They're clearly defined. You make disciples where you are, when you go. There's never a way to step away from that. We also see that in Jesus, God's vision and mission for the church, it's consistently directed. Consistently directed. Well, how is it directed? Well, it's directed when Jesus says to us that we will make disciples of all nations. Matthew chapter 28, 19. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Spirit. Teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. Not everything that I have optioned you into. Everything that I have commanded you to do, you do. Everything I've shown you to be, you be. Baptizing. So baptism is the way visible and physical, what, is the visible and physical way someone is marked by the name of Jesus. By immersion, that, that word, it, it means to dunk in the original language. We, we dunk like, like a basketball. I'll be real. Like a donut. We <laughs> dunk it. By our immersion, we say that we have died with Jesus and now share in his new life. So today, Steve has Joe read his story to set up for this display. And it's unique for Steve because he's been an, a leader in our church for years. But I'm going to be fully obedient to the way that I understand Jesus teaching me here. And for those of you who are in the room and you've, you've never been baptized, we would love to have conversation with you about baptism. You don't have to be baptized to be a Christian. But it's the best manifestation of obedience. I want to be obedient to Jesus here. We believe it's most in line with what the scriptures teach. Well, can you show me that? Well, Romans 6, 4 uses the phrase that so many will use. Joe used something similar when he baptized Steve earlier. Joe, who we're going to bring on to do all of our baptisms. He's moving from Fort Worth. Just talk to him about it later. And baptism is that we were buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in a new kind of life. So, we got kids going to camp June 11th. Our, our third through sixth graders are going to Student Life for Kids. And I, just be honest, because I got some staring at me right now. I'm praying right now that all of the things that you've done to make disciples of these little people, all of the things that you've done to pour into your daughter and your son, that the, we will see the other side of that when. At some point, whether it's there or when they get back or when they talk to you, they say, I I want to follow Jesus in this way. So look, you guys, we're not sending you to camp so that you can just do camp because camp's hot and expensive and your adults are going to die while they're there but we send you, not really we need you to drive them home do that on the other side but we would choose that because we want the scriptures to be poured over we want to put an exclamation point on all of the work that all of our children's workers do every week in here We would lean in, that we would care for, that we would invest in, so that we would see people as best they can be buried with Christ in his death and raised to walk in a new kind of life. It's also this. It's this is a little bit more exemplified by Steve's baptism today, that when we are baptized, it declares our public mission given from God. Look, Jesus was baptized, but he was Jesus before he was baptized. But what we learn from the baptism of Jesus is on the other side, His public mission had been declared. And we want that for our people. It's a symbol, and it's one of the ordinances of the church that Scripture gives us. What did Jesus teach? There's five sections in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus preaches sermons. There's a Sermon on the Mount. There's where He commissions the twelve. There's the, the parable of the kingdom. He shows us the church and there's the Olivet Discourse. All of these passages are the teachings of Jesus. But it's even beyond that because what the words of Jesus will go into the life of Paul, into the life of Timothy through Paul, into the various disciples through their encounters with him. And what we see in Jesus is he enforces the importance of knowing and making known the word of God as revealed in him. We're going to give Bibles to graduates in a little bit. Look, we we could give you different gifts. Where are my graduates at? There's like 30, like there's a stack of Bibles I could stand behind. Read this. Read this so you can teach it. Because if you're going to be a disciple, it means that you will. Jesus directs us from His Word consistently. Baptizing, teaching to the ends of the earth. You can't Teach what you don't know. That's not just for my graduates, they just get free ones today. It's for all of us. If you want to know how to make disciples, then you better know this first and foremost. And if we're not going to make disciples, then do me a favor and sleep in. Do you a favor and sleep in. I've heard about these turnarounds you men work. I've also learned other phrases. Turn around, get down, shut down. All these things. I, I, I don't know what you do. It's like a dance party all the time. In Jesus, God's mission and vision for the church is consistently directed. And in Jesus, God's vision and mission for the church is certainly determined. Because he says, I am with you always. 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 When you're low, he's with you. When you're high, he's with you. When you're in difficult spots, he's with you. When you, when you go through hardships and death, he's with you. When you walk into, onto your college campus for the first time as a follower of Jesus, he's with you. I'm with you always. To the ends of the earth, I will not abandon you. I'm for you. And all of the things, if you want to hear from me, because that's one of the big questions that we have. I just want to hear from God. Then read the Bible out loud. Where he speaks to us. And make disciples certainly determined so you're telling me that God from the very beginning has preordained and he's worked out everything he's, he, he knows who will be saved he knows how they'll be saved he, well I'm not telling you that Ephesians does but what I will say is that the way that you intertwine yourself with that Shows whether or not you really do believe that Jesus is serious when He gives you commands. Because if you opt out of this one, why can't you opt out of others? If we opt out of making disciples, then don't worry about being a good husband. Don't worry about being a faithful wife. Don't worry about raising your children in a proper way. Because all of this is tied, these concepts that play out in our everyday they are tidy you make disciples of all nations make disciples of all nations prepare people to make disciples of all nations teach so that we can make disciples of all nations love so we can make disciples of all nations why because this Jesus we're talking about we really do believe he's better than anything else and if we don't believe that he's better than other things then find what you find feel to be better And pour into that and see if it is with you when the hellacious things in life come your way. But Jesus is with us. The only thing that sustains us for the mission set before us is the one who has given it to us and it's with us. Forever and ever and ever. In Jesus, God's mission and vision for the church is completely displayed, clearly defined, consistently directed, and certainly determined. I don't get to make up a vision for us. I don't get to have the high school mascot on stage and stand with me and tell me how we're going to reach Brazoria County. God's vision and mission for us is right here. So know it. Lean into it. Make disciples. Make disciples. Make disciples. Invest in those around you so that disciples can be made. And if you've got questions, ask away. Because we're figuring all this out together. let our heads. Jesus, you are good. And we can understand the depths of your goodness because you are God. Jesus, for every one of us who who wants a vision, I thank you that you've given it to us right here. That your word for us is, is true and it holds fast and you direct us into what we should be and how we can be it. To what we should do and how we should do it. To where we should go and how we should get there and what we should take with us. God, right now I've mentioned various people in the room and I just pray over them as a whole. I pray over our graduates. I pray that, God, you have equipped them here to live for you wherever they happen to be going. And if that's not the case, God, I pray that you will surround them with the church. If there are those who don't know you, I pray you'll save them. God, for those who are in relationship with you, Teach us to be better husbands. Teach us to be better wives. Because in being better husbands and wives, we we are set up more to be disciple makers, which is the very given to us. The mission before us. I pray over our, our Guatemala team right now. I pray over our Denver team. I pray over all of these opportunities you've given to this faith family. And I pray that we will make the most of those. That we will care for them. That we will invest in them that for those of us who cannot go we'll see a place to care for those who can Lord we ask all of this in the powerful name of Jesus the name above all names the name that we say is better the name that we believe is better we ask all of this in the name of Jesus who has all authority in heaven and on earth who has said that he was with us that he is though the maker of us he is mindful of us We ask it in his name. If you need me, I'll be at the back of the room.